0: Welcome to the Faith Element Podcast for the November 20, 2022 session, focusing on Psalm 46, Present Help, Helpful Presence.
1: I'm David Cassidy.
2: I'm Nikki Hardiman.
1: I'm David Adams. And I'm Daniel Glaze. So I've been watching uh,
0: the Andor series on, on Disney Plus. It's the new Star Wars live action that looks at how the rebellion began uh, if you're a Star Wars uh, fan, it, one of the cool things about the series is that the composer of the music for the show changes the theme, the starting theme for the show just a little bit for each episode to capture the mood of of that of that episode. And it is it, so it's really fun, even just as it's starting, you know you listen to the music and you go, oh, that's ominous, you know, <laughs> um, so I kind of wish we could do that for for hours, you know, and. Uh, set the tone because lately the tone has been troubled I guess maybe we you know <laughs> uh, like for a lot of us we, we feel this sense of I think what's the phrase ambient stress or ambient anxiety mm-hmm. with uh, with our world being a little bit uh, troubled of late it's always troubled but it just feels like uh, there's more unsettledness than than perhaps in earlier parts of my life <laughs> so yeah I, so I'm curious what What is a crisis that our world is facing that you are particularly worried about?
1: You mean like crisis of today? Yeah, of our time. Do you mean a real one or can we talk about pumpkin
3: spice lattes? (laughs) Mm.
2: That's a real one.
3: Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's a coping mechanism.
2: I I mean,
1: this is is very general and vague, but I think... The hope and and sort of the the guiding ethos has been we try to create for our children a better world than than we have. That is, with each generation, we we get a little closer to beloved community. We uh, hopefully are treading a little lighter on the earth. And I'm an optimistic person. I don't think the world that my children will inherit is as good as the one I inherited from. My yeah. parents. And that's a scary, scary thought to me.
0: Yeah. And I think they realize that at some level, don't you?
1: Yes. And not to go off topic, but I think that's part of why many are struggling with church.
3: Mm-hmm. Mine's a little more complex, I guess, and,
1: and yet less.
3: Uh, it's It's easy to say global warming, but you have to understand that it is so many things that arise from that. And the more you look at it, the more it calls your question into question, because it's not just the problems we're facing. It's the problems we've refused to face that mm. we're having to now.
0: And you're right. Climate change is, you know, I saw the story the other day about what the crab population, Alaskan, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's well, like the whole population is gone. Yeah.
2: So I could echo the same things you all have said um but i'll try to be different uh i worry about the breakdown of democracy uh, because i think that um i mean no no government is perfect but i think democracy has the best chance of helping the most people and increasingly I don't know if I have enough, a wide enough view to say increasingly, but I do think that it is becoming more and more at risk every day. And that's the way that we make decisions about a lot of the things that worry us and concern us. And so I think that, um, I do think that democracy is under threat and I think that that's pretty scary yeah I
0: so i um I worry about our tendency and capability to be violent when we as creatures are threatened or fear or fearful um it's it's pretty easy for the human race to become violent uh, as individuals or as communities you know we we can look back across history and see evidence of that and it it just feels. We have we have the ability to do a lot more harm with the tools at our disposal than perhaps earlier eras had. Mm-hmm. And that's worrisome. Yeah. Well, with this uplifting beginning <laughs> to, the, uh, to the podcast, perhaps we need a text today that gives us a sense of hope and uh, and, a, and a look forward. So, Daniel, would you bring us back around to that kind of a word?
1: Absolutely. Give me five minutes and we'll get all this figured out. <laughs> yes! Absolutely. can
2: uh, count on you, Daniel.
1: There you go. I'm, I'm a clutch right yes. here. So faithful listeners of our podcast will know that there are episodes where we spend a lot of brain power and recording time trying to talk through and figure out how to connect a certain biblical passage to contemporary life. I'll admit, sometimes it's a bit of a stretch, but usually we get there. And then there are passages like Psalm 46, which just speak directly to many of the things we are feeling and going through today. The psalm opens like this, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. And here's the (laughs) the part that speaks directly. Though the earth should change, though its mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. And it closes like this. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Hmm. Ain't that a word? Amid the tragedy and disaster, trauma and disease, violence and warfare, so many people—even church people, to be honest—try to pin things on God. That is, we wonder why God is punishing certain people with calamity. Where was God in this tornado? We're wont to ask. Psalm 46, I believe, pushes back a little bit on that kind of reductionistic thinking and theology. In the the midst of all manner of evil and disaster, we find God not behind the scenes directing the wind and waves upon humanity. No, we find God among us, actively working to bring us presence and peace. God is a very present help in trouble, the psalmist says. That's an interesting way to put it. Present help. What that means to me is that the help is the presence, I believe. Have y'all seen that movie, Wonder? It came out four or five years ago, and it was based on the New York Times best-selling book by the same name. It is such a tender story, I cried through the whole movie. <laughs> the movie and book center on the character August Pullman, who goes by the nickname Augie. A sweet and loving child, Augie was born with a craniofacial disorder, which, despite numerous plastic surgeries, left his face severely disfigured. Perhaps due to these surgeries, or perhaps because she feared all the teasing, Augie's mother, played by Julia Roberts, homeschools her son through the fourth grade. Preparing for fifth grade, she and her husband, played by Owen Wilson, decide that their son really needs to go to school with other children. As Augie walks into the crowded schoolyard on that first day of school, the other children become silent and then start pointing and giggling. Like Moses before the Red Sea, the children part and allow this disfigured boy to pass through because they're astonished at the sight, and I think perhaps they're wondering whether they might catch it. Augie's mother stands at the gate of the schoolyard watching all this and tearfully prays, Please, God, make them be nice to him. It's a touching movie about the incredible love of this little boy and his family and how wonderful a friend Augie could be if only the other children would let him into their lives. In one particularly poignant scene, Augie is crying in his bed Because the other children are relentless in their teasing of him, calling him ugly. His mother sits at the edge of his bed and says, you are not ugly, and anyone who cares to know you will see that. Augie cries, you have to say that because you're my mom. She replies, because I'm your mom, it counts the most. You know, I, I believe, especially today, as we continue to face pandemic and war and poverty and death and political strife and injustice in the midst of all that, I firmly believe that sometimes we need a God that is strong and mighty, high and lifted up, a God who can take our pain and fear and illness and enemies and obliterate them. And sometimes we need a God who sits on the edge of our bed and shares a good cry with us. Sometimes we need a God who comes to us when we're scared and feeling all alone, a God who takes our faces in God's hands and tells us it's going to be okay, and that we're beautiful just as we are. This is the essence of Emmanuel, God with us. Not just in times of goodness and joy, but when we're at the end of our rope. When we don't know how we'll pay the bills this month. When we don't know how that biopsy will turn out. When our children are being bullied for who they are and whom they love. When we feel as if our world is coming to an end. We still have hope. And it's not some Pollyanna-ish, pie-in-the-sky hope. No, we have real hope hope, that the Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our refuge. Which means, of course, that the incredible gift of God's presence is that no matter what, we can hold on to hope. And perhaps even better, hope holds on to us. That's a little background on our text for today.
3: Daniel, you're wonderful. (laughs) Just, You know, some of the things I have to admit to is that I often steal things from Daniel when I hear what he talks about, but I always give you credit. I just so moved by that. But this image of God at the end of the bed, just sitting there waiting for us, that, that comfortable presence, it reminds me of the idea that God is always there at the end of the bed, and we just never see God there. You know, we, we get these panicky moments, we get to, we feel like it's all falling apart. And God is still with us trying to get our attention at the end of the bed, and we're just we're so busy crying into our pillow, we just don't notice that God is there. So it's just a wonderful image that you use there.
1: I appreciate that, David. And at the same time though, I hope I was honest to the notion that sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> we need a God that does stuff for us, that when we say, God, we're being beaten down here, that God steps in and puts a stop to it. Yeah. But sometimes what we need is that God at the edge of our bed crying alongside us. I think we need both.
3: Yeah. And I think that's what makes it so real, because we've seen, if we are willing to admit it, we've seen times when God has done that, God has stepped in and made something different. It may not happen at our pace, you know, the time we wanted it to, but we know it's happened and we know it's going to happen again. And that just makes it so much more real because we know that's going to happen.
0: I listened to your comments, Daniel, and they were very moving. And they reminded me of the kinds of things I hear from my African-American friends and obviously we see it in this in the, the mood of the Hebrews, God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. And I'm always struck by how it is those who are most in trouble <laughs> that cling most strongly and earnestly to God as their refuge and strength. I will admit, sometimes that's a disconnect for me because I'm like, but you're always in trouble. You're always being oppressed. You're always under the foot of someone else. You're always, you know, second in line. You're, I mean, how can you be so earnest about this belief in God as your refuge and strength? And look at the Jewish people. Look at the, I mean, that's a history of a lot of trouble. So for me as an old white guy, I I read this and I wonder why is it harder for me to grasp this refuge and strength is it because I am so used to not being in trouble <laughs> not having so much uh strife and stress and trouble in my life is it because I was raised you know to be uh to believe in this self-reliance self-made and does that keep me from being able to embrace this psalm in the way I need to? I don't know if any of that makes sense or not. I saw Nikki grinning, though.
2: <laughs> David, you helped me. I was struggling with this whole conversation. Um, And David, uh, Daniel did, golly, there's a lot of D's on here. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, Daniel did such a beautiful job and I agreed with everything he said in his introduction. Like it was a beautiful job. Yep. The movie reference. I want to hear y'all talk about that a little bit more. I want to know what it means that it counts more because mom says it. Okay. So that's one thing you're just going to get a little bit here. Just hold on a second. (laughs) And so, and I definitely have that sense of, yes, presence matters and the presence of God in our lives is so important and has been so important in my own life in times of challenge and discernment and grief. Um, I have experienced God's presence within me in those times. I have experienced the presence of God through the gifting um, of other people, um, through their, um, you know, God being made incarnate in other people who have cared for me and loved me. So I am I'm am here for that and that is absolutely true. And we started out this conversation by talking about all of these things that we're worried about and I don't know that we can say that it's worse now than it was 50 years ago or that it's I, I don't know how to measure this part of history against some other part mm-hmm. of history. That's not it's not a game I'm interested in playing. But I do know that things feel really hard right now. And it's by more people feel it that way. And we talk about it more often. And it's certainly um, multiplied by the pandemic. And so I I think about when we talked about Job a few weeks ago. And Job held God to account. Job said. Where are you? You are absent and you said you'd be here. And I'm saying, I believe you. Now come on and show up, right? And so I think that there is a sense of talking about God's presence feels a little bit like just offering thoughts and prayers. And this is me, like I am fully aware, this is about me and where I am. But I imagine some of our listeners might be there too, um, might feel like that too. But the reason I grinned, so so y'all really are getting all this. I apologize. Um, David, the reason I grinned when you were talking is because it kind of helped me, I think, understand why I was struggling with knowing how to respond and how to jump into this conversation. And it's because I do think that... <laughs> As a person of privilege, um lots of different kinds of privilege i've I've been very blessed. that's not the right word, but i've i've been I've been cared for in really wonderful ways. That privilege, I'm just not used to things feeling so crappy. and I don't like it. And I, I think it's hard to lean into trusting the presence of God. Because, by golly, I've always just been able to do it myself. Yeah. And that's my privilege, right? Like that, like I've been able to make things happen in my life because I had a lot of privilege. Right? And so it doesn't mean I'm not gifted and it It doesn't mean that I I don't have talent or anything like that. What it does mean is things just weren't super hard. And so now that things are, by golly, I just want it fixed. <laughs> and, and maybe there's a really important word for me in this that learning to live with the discomfort of these days. Yeah. There just might be gift in that presence.
0: And and because of what you said, Nikki, I, because I feel like I, I read these verses and I feel them in a depth that I never did before. Mm-hmm. I need this in a way I never understood before.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, I, and I, I, I hope I don't didn't mishear you, here, Nikki. But I, so reliance on presence of God sounds like a very privileged place to be, but at the same time, saying presence isn't enough is also a reflection of an incredibly privileged existence. Right. So it, it, it's almost as if when, when all has been stripped down, when, when we have all been susceptible to a kind of vulnerability and trauma and hurt deep in our cores, I think we can recognize what a gift that presence is when, when everything else around us is crumbling, it's nice to have something that we can, Mm -hmm. that we can count on. Yeah. Um, when our friends fade away, there's there's one who will not leave us or right. forsake us. Right. And there are times when we desperately cry out, God, do something.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I had different reactions to what Nikki was saying there for a second. But you bring something up, and that is we recognize, we really recognize the true value of something in its absence.
2: Right. In a way yeah. we don't
3: when it's not it's absent. true. So going back to David's comments about you know people from underserved populations, our, our African-American brothers and sisters who've been through so much, didn't get all the privileges we had, they recognize the true value of the things that we just take for granted sometimes
2: mm-hmm. that
3: we, we would never know. But the other piece on this is, because Nikki started with this one, is, tell me about mom being there, and especially because mom said so. and. and that resonates with me a little bit because- you.
2: Know, I thought it was a weak response from the mom. I'm sorry.
3: No, I, I think it's a great response from the mom for a couple of reasons. <laughs> One of them is, it, just as with God, we invest a lot into who God is to us. We invest a lot into who our mothers are for us. We, we invest a lot for that. We depend on that. We We truly believe that. And if we truly believe that, then what our mom says has to carry some weight. It is more important than somebody who hasn't done these things for us, who hasn't been there, who hasn't really made themselves that credible a person as mom has put in the work to do, as Mm -hmm. God has put in the work to do. But the other great mom line on here, when you really read the passage, is right here down toward the bottom, where it just says, be still and know that I am God. That's a really good mom line, isn't it?
2: It is a good yeah. mom line. i never thought about it that way, but that's so that, fantastic.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, so when I, <laughs> I, I hear you, I hear you, Nikki, that, um, and I, I want to come back to what David just said, but the, the way Augie's mom responds, it doesn't do away with the hurt right. that all the friends caused. But what I love about it is it to paraphrase son, I, I am the one who gave birth to you. So I think I know a little bit about who you are and the kind of person you are much better than those so-called friends or the jerks at school who only look at what your face looks like. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of a, you can, you can trust me because I am your mama. That That's the way it it feels to me. And, And I think it harkens back last week to our discussion about God delighting in us in a way that uh, even that we don't delight in ourselves because Mm -hmm. it's the way God created us. And and yes, David, I love that mama line. That's so good. Be still and know.
2: I'm never going to read that any other way.
1: It feels to me like mama sitting us down and drying our eyes with a cookie and a glass of milk, <laughs> or kissing the hurt, and somehow that makes it all better.
2: I just wanna say, I've always read this hymn as a masculine voice. I've never read it in a feminine voice. And this is why it's so important that we have different images of God, because now listening to this hymn in a female voice or a feminine voice totally makes the hymn more accessible to me.
0: And on that same note of hearing these from different perspectives, I, I want to um, offer a troubling <laughs> set of verses uh, from uh, the book, a book I've referenced before, Liturgies from Below, Praying with People at the Ends of the World. By Claudio Corvallis. And there is an entry in here called Psalm 46. And it is written from the perspective of the sons of Latin America. And now my Spanish is awful. There's a couple of Spanish phrases in here. I'll do the best I can. One of them, just bef- before I read this, La Migra. La Migra is a, a, a slang for uh, in Spanish, uh, referring to uh, immigration and customs enforcement. Here's how uh, this this set of verses inspired by Psalm 46 goes: God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present spring in the desert. Therefore, we will not fear, though la migra comes this way and the mountains close in as we try to walk between them. Though the sandstorms seek to carry us away, and these mountains resemble a fridge. There is a river separating us from the city of God, the land of the promise where peace dwells. God, are you even there? Will you help us at the breakage of day? This nation is in uproar. Will its kingdom fall? If God lifts his voice, will the injustice melt away? Dios es grande. God be our fortress. So many have heard these verses from Psalm 46. May we hear them in the voices of so many who have cried out to God for help and presence. Thank you all for this good conversation.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you.
0: Subscribe to the Faith Element Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Learn more about our Faith Element Bible Study Curriculum at faithelement.net. Faith Element is a service of Faith Lab.